So it's seven metres out. Australia needs to try to win the game. Cobain takes the line out. Australia trying to drive ahead. Regan again. And Larkham. Kefu. Tai Kefu! Did he get it? That's the match winner! And we've had a few weeks off, but we're back with another episode of the Running Rugby Podcast Autumn Internationals edition. Uh, myself and Leo taking this one on by ourselves. Uh, Toby's doing a little bit of research into the a new Hawaiian-based franchise for the MLR, I think. Um, so he couldn't join us for this one. Um, but Leo, we've had a bit of news coming up to um this next sort of northern hemisphere tours we've had the women's world cup up and going over here in new zealand i've been checking a little bit of that out um and unfortunately a few surprising facts both with our squads and the all black squads that have been named we're coming up for a game against scotland this first round this weekend in murrayfield but leo we got this australian squad a couple of weeks ago now what was your biggest sort of surprises from it uh, there are a few, a few different uh, groups. Like we, we know there's a lot of uh, positions that are affected by injury. So I suppose there's no surprise that the front row selections include a few uh, faces we haven't seen a lot of. Mm. Um, but um, I guess no, no Curly Beal. He'd been back and around for, for some time. Um, all the feedback I've, I've heard has seen sort of Rennie's long uh, long interview on some of the selections and it was very much just they wanted him to really um, sort of work on his conditioning and um, get back into sort of Waratah's pre-season, really have a, a really good build-up to the Super Rugby season next year. Mm. I guess maybe they think they know what they get with with Kirtley and, and they're more interested in offering the minutes to people like Banks, Jock Campbell, uh, Kellaway, Tom Wright, you know, all those sorts of guys. Um, that way they, they've got more depth uh, and more, more, more depth to select from who have actually faced some decent teams and some decent minutes. So a uh, bit of a surprise, but I guess you can afford to leave a guy like that out if, if you're determined to really freshen up that position. Uh, I, I sort of agree with it, but I was still surprised that Suliasi Vunavalu was left out I just thought they, you know, they've made a certain amount of excuses for him up to this point to keep him around and um, pick him over other people who I like the look of, but he obviously didn't do enough for Australia, A. Eh? And um, yeah. they're not going to go on tour, and uh, I guess they're running running the risk that he's a bit put out by that. But I mean, hopefully he's um, taken it. Hopefully it's motivation, right? Yeah, rather than yeah. Um, depression from it. But um, yeah, he that opportunity lost for him, but gets handed to um, Mark Nwango and Itawasi. So um, yes. obviously a guy that broke onto the scene sort of two years ago with the Waratahs and had quite a, quite a lot sort of big, big ups on him then and sort of disappointed a little bit early on and seems oh. to have built up his game a lot more um, from... Yeah, I mean, all, ta- all relative to the amount of hype that he came in with, like... Oh, the yeah. first couple of weeks leading, or sorry, the couple of weeks leading into the super season, 
he before he debuted, it was all Marky Mark, Mark Norman and Tawasi. They the yeah, the entirety of the social media for the Warriors were like to interview him. How do you say his it. name? How do you say his name? What do you it call him? So, what do you call him? I can't imagine being a player like yet to debut and you've got that much attention. And it was such such uh, cringy novelty attention too. Mm. And he had some good moments, but he wasn't consistent. Well, he's got, he's got two tries versus the Crusaders, I think, his debut season he in, in Christchurch. And that was like, oh, my God. That's um, right. So he obviously had it in him. They weren't wrong mm. that he was a talented player with potential, but they overhyped the hell out of him. So he kind of um, he looked like he wasn't that good because the bar that was set for him was so high. Yeah. This year he's, he's had a quieter... Uh, super rugby season. He's been a solid contributor, and now he's built his his form up. And when he's come on for Australia A, he's looked really good. And mm-hmm. I think he's just been able to stand out as well. Like he's a big physical guy, shown speed, shown agility, um, shown decent decision making, knowing when to inject himself, find some ball, all the stuff that you wanted Siliasi to to do. Like you know, go looking for it, wrap around, like link up with some other. Um, sort of mm, but, uh, like multiple touches players. in the same play sort yeah. of thing like what you always see put under the high balls yeah so all that sort of stuff is is proven that he's uh he's worthy of a spot and so i guess that's mm. that's what got him in and, ahead of sully and cut out a lot of mistakes he was one that similar to what we see a lot of the time out of pataya makes a lot of those sort of mistakes whether it's throwing the errant the miracle ball a lot of the time or making those mistakes in defense i think were two of the things that um, they wanted him to work on, and I think he has improved. I'm not sure he's the yeah. strongest defender we have still, um, but seems to yeah improve some. Look, I'm happy for him. Ha- happy for Jock Campbell gets his um, chance. Hopefully, he actually gets some game time here. I think he's put in the time. He's impressed at um, every level that they've given him an option at. Surely, there's got to give him at least a bit of time in a gold jersey at some point there. Um, and we welcome back to the fold uh, Michael Hooper as well. Um, that's probably the the other big sort of talking point out of this squad as well. Um, Hoop's going to be back and um, all the latest news sounds like we will see him on the field versus Scotland this weekend. Yeah, there was, uh, again, a lot of information came through uh, through the media from Rennie from that long-form interview talking about uh, sort of Michael Hooper's return and the conversations they'd had and a lot of, lot of sort of reporters trying to get the you know, did you ask him to step down as captain? Did he offer it? Was he happy when it was decided? Yeah, they. It's, it sounded like very hard. Yeah, they wanted something. They wanted some little bit piece of controversy they could, you know, stir up. I guess. But Rennie played it with a very straight bat and said, "Look, um, we discussed it. Um, it was it was sort of the decision that was made with Michael that it was the best way for him to work his way back into the team and not feel pressure that he was. Um, I guess." taking a spot from someone because he was um, obliged he to be on the to field start. as captain. Yeah. He could yeah. he could feel like he earned his way back in and it was genuine and it was, um, yeah, I suppose, deserving uh, getting selected as a either on the bench or as a starter. So, look, I, I mean, that's great. Years ago when he became captain and I wasn't all that enamoured with how we were going, I was frustrated that we, we really couldn't make a move on any other back row combinations because we had to have Hooper. This, I think, allows us to either use him as horses for courses or at least, um, I guess, if he f- finds his way into form, um, there's no there's no reason not to pick him but also no reason not to sub him later if you need to change it up later mm-hmm. in a game. If he's not the right um, player mo- 
model you need for, you know, a very set piece heavy opposition or a, a very um, sort of agile ball in play opposition, who knows, like, just like having great players plus flexibility can't be a bad thing. So yeah. happy about that. And, and Slipper has been good. I hope he can hold up these five games because, um, geez, he's going to be a job. lot of minutes, isn't he? Yeah, it's going to be a lot of minutes and he will get subbed. And, you know, they've been um, swinging it to Alan Alatoa. Um, mm. But again, he may well be starting too. So, um, you know, we could be could be passing the captain's armband around a little bit, but that's okay. That doesn't bother me. That might be the thing that bothers me least that we have three or four people who can kind of cover as captain. If Hooper's coming off the bench, who knows? He might be the captain coming on late when the... For yep. uh, the front rows sub through, yep. so um, that's all good. And and just before we move on, um, really good to see Ben Donaldson get his chance. I think he looked excellent, particularly in that first Japan uh, match for Australia A, the kicking game, the, the the amount of options he brings, the running, the passing, the the creativity in the kicking. It doesn't doesn't look like he gets into a zone on the field and just defaults into a particular mm. set of plays. He, he's looking at what's up in front of him, what's in behind the line, what's out wide, where you can put that sort of crossfield um, chip over the back for, for the winger running through us. All that sort of stuff I wasn't seeing as much out of Tane Edmed. Um, not that he's not capable, just didn't feel like he was uh, maybe confident enough to to bring all that out in this game. Maybe he was playing a little bit conservative, just trying to be error-free. Kicked very well. Both of them kicked very well. So, you know, great depth, but I think Donaldson's the right choice there to support Noah. And yeah, I I agree, and I think I think he might overtake Noah um, on this tour. If I'm honest, um, just I like he's much more of a traditional fly half, I think, as opposed to a bit more sort of running and tacking, um, taking sort of your chance, sort of Noah style play, which is when he sort of if if they're not moving forward and he's not getting sort of that opportunity to take on the line, I think that's when he struggles a little bit. Whereas I think Donaldson. Um, can can sort of still play a bit of a more of a role in that position. Um, just before we move on from the squad, the only other name that we need to mention is the fact Big Wheel Skelton um, coming back in for this tour as well. Uh, only available for um, the middle three games, so not available for the game um, up against Scotland in this first weekend. Uh, nor is he available for the final game versus Wales, but France, Italy, Ireland in the middle. Um, and we'll hope to hope to get him some game time because we might be a little bit um, skinny on locks as well with Matt Phillip um, being a late scratch out of this squad with an injury as well. Yeah, Darcy, a couple of games out. Matt Phillip scratched. There's some other guys around overseas who maybe they call in, but it sort of feels like they're going to lean on uh, Jed and Ned to kind of flex into the into the second row as required. Yep. So it could be lots of minutes for Frosty. <laughs> really like Nick Frost. So again, hopefully they're good minutes for him. Yeah, definitely. Um, so let's talk about the Scotland game briefly. Um, I mean, Scotland's had some changes. Finn Russell, not in the squad for Scotland, yeah. probably the biggest sort of change. Massive call by Gregor Townsend here um, regarding that, which is either going to make him look very good or make him look very silly if Scotland struggle here. Um, Jamie Ritchie taking over as captain from Stuart Hogg as well. Um, for this team. But Scotland's, I mean, last three games versus Australia, they have taken out um, winning last year at Murray Field, um, winning uh, 
back in 2018 was the last time we played them before that by an absolute hiding 53 to 24. Um, I know myself, Leon Toby can remember that game. We were sitting there um, being absolutely, yeah, harassed and um, mocked by the surrounding Scottish lads. And then, yeah, last time in Australia as well, they won by five points um, back in 2017 as well. So bit of history here and now a bit of pressure to start off this tour um, uh, pretty well. Yeah, and like this, it's it's good that it's not, you know, England or France or Ireland first up because I think that like those are just huge opponents. Um, Scotland in a bit of a state of flux too, finding their preferred 15 before World Cup year. But with such a, like a, a, a bogey um, characteristic on these games with Scotland, um, it does worry me a bit. I, I think if we get this one in the bag, there's enough fresh guys that I don't think they're going to feel like this is a hoodoo, hoodoo team, even though it kind of is from recent times. Like um, we've had so much turnover, we've got so many fresh faces, and we are, even though last year um, was a bit of a letdown to finish the year with some losses, but um, it still feels like this fresh group is, you know, good good at um, determination and, and character shown late in games, good fight. Um, I think it's... It'll just be nice if we can get out and play a good first 20, which has been the goal this entire season. That's it. We just, look just so good when that we first do that. 20. When we start yeah. well, we look so good. And, and we've done it where we have looked good, but we've let ourselves down by giving away dumb penalties, you know, yeah. clearing guys too far past the rough, coming in in the side. Yeah. Not just, just giving up dumb, manageable, unforced errors. Um, we need to really control that. We'll mm-hmm. put a couple of tries on these guys early. Um, it'll make all the difference. And that'll then springboard us into these bigger games. Um, I think the pass mark, putting putting it out there early, the pass mark I think should be probably three in this. I would think people are expecting us to be able to three beat. Three out of five. Scotland, yeah, Scotland Wales, Wales, and Italy. And They're the Ireland, three that people Ireland, would be France. expecting. Yeah. Ireland, France are the, you know, really prove it World Cup yeah. year before. Yeah. Um, how good are you? What what trajectory are you on? So, unfortunately, we like this is one of the must wins early. Otherwise, the pass mark is you know you got to you got to create a pretty big upset to to get that pass mark. Um, two two might be uh, seen on reflection as you know un, un, maybe there's an unlucky game in there. Couldn't compete with the big dogs, but really, if you came away only no, with a win against, yeah. Italy and Wales, you'd have to feel pretty pretty bad, and that ranking down at ninth or whatever we are now in the world ain't, ain't climbing on those two wins. Exactly. Um, okay, I'm going to run you through what I think the starting team. Stop me if you think I'm uh, wrong anywhere here. Um, but we're thinking Slipper, Pureki, probably Alan Alatoa as your starting yeah, front row, so. um, because of just where we're stuck with in terms of limits. Um, I'm assuming that we're probably thinking that we're going to be with um, what Neville and Frost, maybe. Is I think probably. I think probably, yeah, because Hannigan was playing for Australia A. Um, Jed has had some time in the row, but he's also had more time at six. Yeah. I think that's, I and think that's it's me. more realistic that they trust Frost. Yeah, and that's um, me backing um, whole, uh, Jed at six, um, Samu okay. and Valentini as your back row. Yeah. As sort of the proven sort of back row. So not Hooper starting straight back in. I don't think Samu deserves to lose it. Um, 
I mean, last time we saw Jake Gordon as our starting nine, um, it does make, I do feel like it's going to end up being white and Foley as your sort of measured head um, guiding this team around the Northern Hemisphere. We talked about the experience they've obviously had being there before. Um, and then you're going back to your Hunter, Lenicky Tau, um, 12, 13. Um, and then your, your back three is still a little bit of a mystery here. I feel like Banks is probably going to get first crack um, if they're happy with how he's training. You obviously got on the park for Australia A. Um, and then you got and, and Callaway and Tom Wright on the wings, I reckon. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty certain. I, I, I can't see. You, you're almost picking your most capped players in each position based yeah. on that. Like aside from maybe the back rowers, obviously, I expect Hooper will be on the bench. Taniela yeah. will be on the bench. Yeah. Um, you know, they'll have to have probably I guess, Hannigan on the bench. covering yeah. second row on the bench. Yep. Yeah. And um, that's whether you have um Blaufainga, and then I guess it's Tom Robertson. Robinson or Gibbon. I think it's Robertson. Yeah. yeah. Um and, and then and you're then probably gonna have Jake. Noah. Jake. Hey, Jake Noah. Is it a five five three? Surely, yeah. I don't. I don't, think, I don't, know I don't how think they'll go. Against, is, I don't no, think, I think they'll it's be, be five, too three. worried about that. Yeah, I think they'll go five yeah. three because because you're gonna probably want to have. Um, oh, that, we didn't actually list Hooper then. Do we list Hooper? That means you sort of don't have a backup number eight. I guess Pete Simon and Valentini can kind of flex it a bit. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're yeah. Hannigan's okay. back row, your um, second row reserve, and Jed potentially to go to six in and an Yeah, and then Hooper is your other back row. And you've yeah. got Samu and Valentini can cover any position in the back row pretty much, um, yeah. which is yeah, which is good. And then yeah. it's just whoever you have is your twenty-three. Um, whether and you I don't think Tate's in favour at the moment. It's going to be Jake. It's going to be it's Jake. Going to be Noah. Probably going to be Jake Noah. Um, and then it's either Hodge, Pattaya. I'm not saying one. I mean, it's Marky Mark. I think it's got to be Hodge. It's got to be Hodge. Maybe Jock. No, it's going to be Hodge. No. It's going to be Hodge. They it's love Hodge, Hodge so much. All right. And you know he's been pretty. He has been pretty good off the bench when called for, like yeah. to to do a job. So um, you know that's that's deserving. I, I think that's pretty much got to be it. I, I can't see them chucking Mark Norman and Hawassi in. I can't see them putting Jock Campbell in yet. It's it's too early unless those Amy guys Gleason training probably the house down. Gonna go Ben Donaldson not going to get a go. Yeah, no, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. So you can't you can't do these like, things first first week out. You got to no. got to consolidate here. Um, Unfortunately, it doesn't leave a lot of room for guys to come off the bench and impress and, and win their way in. But you you know, we've got that Italy got game in that third. Yeah. You've got two, two big games. You've got to get this first 15 or 23 guys in a really good rhythm, get a good match under your belt. And then what? Where Ireland the next week? France and then Ireland. Oh, it's oh, it France and Ireland. Yeah. So the first three order. weeks. Yeah. Oh, Ooh. sorry. France, then Italy, then no, Ireland. Italy is yeah, the week. There is the so week. Yeah, Italy yeah. is your rest week, right? You, you get a chance to play some other guys, give the key guys a bit yeah. of a break if you need to. Um, That's right. Obviously, there being injuries, you can you can um, roll some other guys in. Uh, yeah, I, I think this this has got to be a foundation game. We carry the same fifteen through. Yeah. Um, assuming no injuries, these, which we haven't first been able two to weeks, before. Let's not get anything fancy. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. That's it. And then all the all, on the all black side of the things, they're kicking off against Japan this week. So those are the only real sort of big name teams that are playing games this weekend. Um, that's kicking off to on Saturday afternoon, and then they take on Wales, Scotland, England. Um, so 
they've already named their match day 23 for this first game up against um, Japan. Uh, so they've had a few sort of changes with players having to stay at home and not joining the squad until later on. None of the Barretts um, are travelling to Japan or playing in this first game. They're going. They're probably getting to Japan now um, for Laufa Katava um, at ruptured ACL, so he's out of this Northern Tour. So they brought in Brad Weber to fill his um, his locks. Um, Sam Whitelock and Will Jordan uh, both uh, probably joining at a later date. So you've got people like Damian McKenzie, Patrick Tuipulotu um, coming in to cover. Um, a few of these names as well. And the latest news was Lester Fanganuku um, with a injury putting him out for the rest of the year. And so Mark Talaya, the um, Auckland Blues flyer, gets a bit of a opportunity potentially here as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, plenty of plenty of talent coming in. And those guys coming up from, is it the All Blacks 15 though? They were they were sort of in that squad. So, you know, when, you, when you're carrying guys like McKenzie and Talia, in your All Blacks 15 squad, again, pretty handy. Yeah. Um, but, no, I mean, this looks like, again, a pretty experienced team. Be some sort of interesting combinations of Finlay Christie, Richie Minor, yeah. pairing there in the halves. We see Rog Tuvasashek. Tuvasashek, first finally, start. First start. Finally get a 12 start. Is he actually up for it? Is he well, not so much up for it? Is he made for it? Um, good to see Braden and all back. Always liked Braden and all. Horrible. Horrible run with um, injuries and yeah. concussion and it's all these sorts of things has kept him out. But really class player, another really young guy. Um, no, this looks like a solid team. I think this they'll they'll handily do the the Japanese um, with this with this lineup. Oh, and, and ALB. Yeah, that's where I was going to bring guys. up. Coming off the bench, coming back yeah. from the big injuries, but really another class center. Like yeah. he solves all their problems. If none of these other guys step up, ALBs. Just there now. He's auto auto drop in it. Finally offload um, Rico at thirteen. Get ALB back in there and get some. (laughs) Get back to your old winning ways. Get a Conrad Smith esque player back in there. Proper proper Conrad Smith. Love Conrad Smith. Um, You brought up you brought up the All Blacks fifteen, and there has been a little bit of controversy with that as well, and some of their selections. So different to Australia, a the All Blacks fifteen while being um, a nominated New Zealand team and not a representative team and not the second team um, of New Zealand. So Australia, A, if you play for them, you become then um, almost nominated for Australia as your country to play with. You can't go play with anywhere else. All Blacks 15, for some reason, not um, nominated in the same way for that. They've got two games um, coming up on this Northern Tour, playing an Irish team and a Barbarians team. Um, but the big story was... Levi Almua, which if you watched any of the um, Moana Pacifica games this year, you would have noticed this big bullocking running 12 um, that's been around in sort of the NPC, um, had had a few stints sort of in squads for Super Rugby, played for Tasman for many years, but properly broke out onto the scene here, um, eligible for Samoa and Fiji, but now elected to go into this All Blacks 15, which, as I said, doesn't mean that he's been snatched up by the All Blacks, but it certainly feels a bit strange, um, this guy breaking out for the team that's supposed to include all these Pacific Islanders and be sort of a pathway to get more of those players into those teams, and yet he's now being pulled into the All Blacks 15. What do you think, Leo? 
Yeah, I guess we, we talked a bit about it before recording. Um, it's like symbolically, it, it just feels it's a bad wrong. luck, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, this guy's Levi was twenty eight. He's he's certainly not new. Um, a lot of teams, like you said, have had their had their time with him. A lot of coaches would have seen him, and they they haven't made him a starter. They haven't made him anything um, really beyond a, a squad player. Um, to to have that breakout season in the first year of this minor Pacifica team designed, as you said, to provide a more um, direct pathway, a more a more highlighted pathway for the Islander players into the Super Rugby competition, is the only guy, only guy in the All Blacks fifteen, if that's not already obvious um, from from the minor Pacifica. No one from Fiji and Drua, as you'd expect, like have the, have the minor Pacifica not being clear enough do they need to be the Tongan Samoans or something like yeah it, I know. it doesn't it's feel just, right yeah. it doesn't feel right it, it, it's, it certainly sets a bad precedent as well if anything else like if if he does go on um, like if this is the only one and he doesn't get that much time and you know you can look at it as maybe they're trying to give him a boost so that when he is taken up by those other teams uh, you know, he's, he's kind of been exposed to that really high performance stuff, but that, that I think that's uh, if they come out with that excuse, I'd, I'd have a hard time swallowing it. I, mm. I, I, I look, don't like the look of it. Look, he's he is New Zealand born, so maybe this was his own choice. We don't have any more sort of information regarding it. It just seems that's weird. the only thing that gets it off the hook. If he comes out and says, No, 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 this is something I wanted, you yeah. say, Okay, fair enough. You've been in New Zealand trying to get like trying to crack super rugby teams. Um, haven't made it. You took the minor Pacific option, maybe because there was no Super Rugby team that wanted you, and you've finally been able to have a breakout season, highlight your skills, and someone's come knocking. You said, "Yes, this is what yeah. I want." Yeah. By all means, you can't deny him that. It's um, but yeah, I, yeah. Wonder what sort of um, understanding was established with the minor Pacific players with the Super Rugby teams um, starting this season, because that obviously was the intent of that club. Hmm. And it just, and as I said to you before, like I can just imagine the blowback, say, if we as Australia A, like I know, slightly different system, but ended up pulling in one of these Fijian and Drua players into that squad. Like, I just feel like that would just be a terrible, terrible look and be like, oh, look, we're trying to be inclusive to this. And actually, we're going to try and poach some of your best players, though, um, this way after being like, no, 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 this is a Fijian team. In any case, certainly, I mean, it's the same thing when, like, whoever's the dominant side at the time, an Australian or a Kiwi side, um, takes a player, like, um, ends up with a player from, like, the, if the All Blacks had an Australian Super Rugby player, and the and the they're the strongest, you're like, what are you doing? Why are you now pinching guys out of our pool of development? Like, we would yeah. have the same reaction, right? As, yeah. Aside from guys, there's guys who've been overlooked, Angus Tarbell. You know, was in the Australian ranks for ages, and we didn't like him, and he went and he got a run over there. Went, yeah, fair enough. No, well, that's, that's it. That's I, was, I mean, Tyrell Lomax, same way. Jermaine yeah, Ainsley, right. prop stocks yeah. from Australia yeah. are, are showing out all, all over the place. But yeah, I just it feels it feels a little bit fair when it's Australia New Zealand because I feel like ah oh, that's that's fine. Well, you can fend for yourself. I feel like it's a little bit steppy on the little guy yeah. when you you when you're doing it. Um, to some of those other nations that may struggle to get people in. In any case, things that we'll keep eyes on going forward. 
The other big thing that's been going on at the moment, and I said earlier, I've been to a few games of it, but it's the Women's Rugby World Cup um, in New Zealand at the moment. Uh, Was initially planned for 2021, but delayed last year to this year. So we have uh, three pools of four teams um, going up against each other. First uh, opening games were at Eden Park in front of a sellout crowd. Um, Rita Aura performing there and would have been some amazing crowds. And he talked um, some of the interviews with some of the players talking about how great an experience it was um, going out on, on that field in front of that atmosphere. Um, but I can tell you, I've been up uh, north in the stadium in Whangarei, was there last weekend when the, um, the All Black women took on uh, Scotland up there. And it was an absolutely packed out stadium with this, uh, the hill absolutely um, exploding, overflowing with people there. And uh, once again, a great atmosphere and a great sort of step uh, forward for, I think, rugby for these guys. And just to play in front of these um, really passionate fans, it seems, on all on all sides, um, has been really good. Um, we are coming up now to uh, the quarterfinals and the games coming up, we have England. Um, number one ranked coming into this competition, um, taking on Australia on Saturday, and then Canada versus USA, who they actually played in the pools, Canada getting up uh, there, and then France hosting, um, playing Italy, um, and New Zealand hosting Wales once again, have already played them in the pools there. So in case you weren't familiar with the current world rankings, as I said, England number one, New Zealand number two, France number three, uh, all the sort of biggest contenders there. Um, with Canada um, not far behind as well, but some exciting things moving forward. Leo, I think you were you caught up on a few of these games um, on the weekend, did you? Yeah, look, try and try and catch some of the women's rugby as well. I, I, I actually think the standard is is really good. Like the, we we don't see enough of it in Australia. It's sometimes very hard to find. If you go back and try and look for, you get results, but even finding who was who's yeah. playing in these games is hard to find. So there's not a lot of household names in these teams. But, uh, I mean, one one standout is Grace Hamilton, the number eight for the Wallaroos. And just between, and you know what, I don't know the fullback's name um, from the Wales-Australia game. I've, I haven't managed to catch it looking it up. But um, they were two players that stood out to me, um, like hard hits, great, great, like ball-carrying Great hands, the kicking from the girls. I think they they had a pretty clean sheet with the kicking um, for on both sides, the Wales and the Wallaroos teams. Um, just a really solid standard. Now we talked before the pod about how there's certainly some tear breaks. Um, you've got some pretty well-oiled machines in England, in New Zealand. Um, I guess the history of the women's uh, game is probably there's been more strength in the sevens in the competition. And so a lot of teams that are playing 15 aside are still playing almost a sevens model, a very throw the ball around. You've got yeah. good, skillful players, a lot yeah. of speed, and, and sort of look to drag the opposition around and just open up gaps and carve through. Um, so that's one style, but you've still got some pretty slick, um, some pretty slick one to 15s with backline play, um, good technical work from the forwards. Um, the, there's certainly no um, drop off. When you when you consider the the quality of the women's game and in, in those teams at the, at the top uh, of these competitions, so it's a bit of a shame that the Wallaroos have to face England, the world number ones, 
uh, in the quarters because that's going to be a, a tough ask. Um, we can only hope that they they put it to them. They certainly put it to the New Zealand team uh, in the first round match uh, of the competition. I think it was, mm. was it 17-0 um, before the the New Zealand women just ran away with it? Ended yeah, up being that's right. Yeah. The 17, yeah, but yeah, it was a real tries, shake. Like, three tries up um, to nothing in that first starting. I was, I was sitting there amazed. I was, um, yeah. shouting shouting with the with the best of them there i thought we were gonna take down new zealand at eden park um which would have been an amazing <laughs> start but it was such a good showing yeah from the girls um obviously couldn't quite keep it up for the full 80 in that game but a great showing and the black ferns yeah as you say are a pleasure to watch as well like they have some great sort of hands some great athletes that obviously just have the confidence just like um, the All Blacks, the, the Black Ferns can feel like they can score from any part of the park. Um, and when you have people like Portia Woodman and um, Ruby Tui sort of the, playing on the wings, I think Tui's playing um, fullback in this coming up in the quarters. But yeah, there's some absolutely electric players um, going around there as well. But then you watched, I watched the England-France game, which was um, talk about sort of much more sort of structured play, but some um, absolutely bollocking defence from the English, absolutely shutting down some of these French players. But again, some of the flair, the French, they still have it. Um, some sort of cross-field kicks and, and gathers and offloads. Yeah, some, some really entertaining game all around. Um, um, my prick is England um, coming up against uh, New Zealand, uh, the Black Ferns in the final. And I, I can't wait. I really hope that's the game we get to see because I, I think that'd be a really entertaining spectacle. And the one last bit of news before we sign off, um, the latest that I've heard, and I think Makito just did a shout out on Instagram that the uh, Giltinis are no longer in the MLR as well. I haven't heard if it finalised about the Gilgronis, but it sounds like they've said farewell to the MLR, whether they will remain, try and remain a club. But big news, obviously, moving forward in the MLR after that sort of controversy regarding salary caps and things. Um, late in the season earlier this year in any case leo um great to see you again man it's been been a couple of weeks but we're getting back into some men's rugby and i've been enjoying the women's world cup these last few weeks and now hopefully we can see a little bit of success um from our men up north and again that is starting 3 30 a.m kickoff australian eastern time um sunday morning uh 5 30 a little bit more palatable for me over here in new zealand um, the Scotland and then uh, a late afternoon uh, or mid-afternoon one for the All Blacks versus Japan. So two cracking games there that should be good watching. Um, as always, you can keep up with us on Instagram at Running Rugby Podcast or on Twitter at Running Rugby Pod and like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Um, but we'll be back next week. Hopefully have a full contingent to break down these first couple of games and see what Rennie's men can do. But until next week, keep on running. Run.